welcome to Defen episode number 30 something. 31? 31, yeah. yeah. Yes, 31, yeah. So, uh, this is our second um, episode in which we're trying to live, live stream this stuff. Uh, so, um, just a quick uh, hi to all the people who have joined in. And uh, we have, I think, around 14 people. So, please uh, post your questions or anything during the show and ha we'll happily uh, try to read them out loud and then so Bruce can answer them. Or if you have any questions for us, you know, we'd love to answer uh, them as well in whatever the way we can. So, let's get started. So, Bruce, please introduce yourself. <laughs> I, because it's my job. I will, I will do the introductions here. <laughs> oh, man. My name, my, name is, my name is Bruce Hallman, I, uh, and this is a closure podcast. So I, 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 hey, Bruce, yeah. Bruce how, how do you pronounce your last name? Hallman. Hallman. Uh, I say Hallman. That is correct. That is correct. Hallman is the correct pronunciation. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's not a common name. It's not a common name. Seems like a German name. Is that right, or a European name? It is. It is a German name. So I have a German yeah. and, and Norwegian uh, ancestry. So right. Okay. Yeah. Perfect American. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> God. Sorry, we'll stop now. We'll stop, stop at that. Stop it's, talking about that. It's like, yeah. Back to Claudia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Safe space, safe space. Oof, my <laughs> goodness. Uh, back to closure. Uh, yeah, I, I think people know me for uh, Fig Wheel, mostly, and uh, Dev Cards, and a couple talks I gave mm. on ClojureScript. Uh, yeah, and that's, I. in this context, I think that's probably the best way to... to uh, but how did you how did you get to Fig Wheel? I mean, of course, we can talk about Fig Wheel. Obviously, that is one of the I think like a kind of a game changing stuff for closure script stuff. I mean, every time I want to show something uh, to to any non closure script people, I just show this and look. Now, this is the tooling that you need for building anything that is you know remotely awesome or, or remotely you know useful um, compared to the other languages. But if you how how did you get into closure? Oh, how I got into closure. Uh, well, I'm a Lisper schemer from you know early on in, in in my career, and not professionally, but just in school, I was a languages guy. I liked parsers. I liked uh, you know I liked languages. So Scheme and the Scheme community, uh, especially Doctor Doctor Scheme and the PLT community. Uh, I, I was part of that. I, I worked on the pattern matching library for Dr. Scheme, which is now Racket, and when I was in uh, college. And uh, I don't know. So I've always had a penchant for Lisp in general. Uh, but, you know, you go into the real world and you, you, you work in Ruby or PHP <laughs> or Java, you know, whatever. And I did that for quite a while, and and ended up, uh, you know, getting really sick of it. You know, you, 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 there is a point where you're just you, you're done. And my friend, good friend Toby Crawley, was using Closure. He, you know, he's building a mutant. And he was telling me about it. Yes. And you know, it was a Lisp, so it wasn't a hard sell. Uh, it wasn't really a hard sell at all, and so. 
uh, I kind of burnt out, uh, you know, where I worked on a startup and I was like, okay. Uh, and, you know, I burnt out on this large monolithic Ruby code base and I was just, I was done. You know, how many more features can we pack on this application? And, you know, there's a point where, you know, your brain just says, why, what, why am I doing this? And why am I doing it in one thread? Uh, so, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I happily took a pretty long hiatus and started playing with ClojureScript initially uh, because I've, you know, I've always been a front-end guy. I've always been a UI guy and I feel really comfortable in that domain. So, and ClojureScript was rougher back then when I started, but uh, yeah, it was a bit rougher, but I really liked it. I really liked the language and yeah. And so I was on a hiatus I was introduced to ClojureScript. The, the working with ClojureScript yeah. was problematic, and um, that led to Fig Wheel. No, I was just saying this is like one of those uh, Hollywood movies where you know you you got sick of all this uh, shitty languages and you are somewhere living like a hermit and there is this um, you know CIA people coming in and then saying, okay, you need to build something for us, and okay, I'm gonna come back and build, <laughs> build Fig Wheel for you. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's I, I like that. I like that uh, <laughs> that dramatization of it. I was, I am, I am the hero hero in the scenario. So this is fine with me. That's 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 terrific. I'm not the guy. You 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 <laughs> are you are indeed a oh hero. Oh my god! I mean, you you have no idea how big will change my life. But oh there is a gosh. question from uh, from one of our audience now. So do you still live in in your dome, or is this uh, a permanent house? Yeah, yeah. There are there are walls around me as we speak. There, there are. Yes, I, I am in an apartment in a in Montreal. It is snowing outside. Uh, yeah, mm. yeah. It's it's good to be. It's good to have solid walls. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am. You know, I did live in that dome for quite a while. Right now, I'm not. I'm going to be in Montreal for a year at least. So. That was a bit of a non sequitur, I'm afraid. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. Let's get off the dome and uh, onto something yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say to you, Bruce, I mean, you know, you kind of like went from like closure script is a bit rough, so let's do fig wheel. I mean, but fig wheel is quite a big jump, wasn't it? I mean, it was like, uh, like real kind of, uh, you know, Brett Victor was doing this stuff yeah. bullshit wise, you know, a few years ago, but this made it real, you know? Yeah. I, it, well, the thing. Uh. The thing, I, I just happen to be like the right person in the right place at the right time, right? Because you think about, like, it was just a confluence of ideas. One, like, so ClojureScript, you could load files, right? I mean, ClojureScript, yeah. if you got the browser REPL up and running and for somehow <laughs> connected it to your, your editor, and then, you know, if you got this working somehow, you could theoretically load files in real time. Now, now, none of this was working very well or at all, right? But you could load files uh, into a, you know, a process. Like the, the tools and the possibility for, for loading in, files was there. And, the, you know, like the closure compiler doesn't do strange, you know, encapsulation of their modules. They're just, they're just uh, JavaScript objects, right? So, the, you know, they're, 
uh, object literals in JavaScript. So boom, you can overwrite all the function definitions just by loading a file. And then most of the functions, most of the definitions are functions, right? You're not like clobbering states uh, when you reload. And so like Clojure had all this there already, right? And then React came along and it was kind of like, you know, oh, well, you know, this is a done deal. You know, there's no, there's no reason why this shouldn't happen. And as far as the auto load is concerned, the, that happened because the REPL didn't work, right? Like the REPL did not really work that well. And so I needed another way to get feedback. And so just having it load when you save a file, uh, you know, was kind of like the, the next thing. So, and I tried it in, you know, in, you know, I tried it and I thought I was crazy for trying it. I tried it, it worked. I was shocked that it worked. I was shocked that it worked so well. And so then I've told the story in my, my talk, but uh, yeah, it's like, it's how it actually so happened. So go and watch right? his talk, Miss you know, <laughs> What was that again? No, so go and watch his talk. So that's oh, okay, the yeah. cue here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it, it's it's it was just all the right things came in. At the, all the right pieces were there, and I was like, you know, it doesn't sound like a good idea to reload into a, a running environment as you save a file. And so I was like, it doesn't sound like a good idea, but I'm going to try it anyway, and it worked out. So. So the question uh, that comes from that, and and you and you you do answer this a little bit in the um, in in the blog as well, is this uh, file the reloading bit, and you have this problem if you like with um, with the way that you write code, um, because you now you have to start doing this um, you know thinking about state. Um, so what what I mean, how have you kind of thoughts um, evolved on that one, Bruce, or is that well, like this writing reloadable code you have here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so how, how I've evolved, like, so I think, I think Figwell had like a big impact on, uh, in terms, had way more, you know, it had a big impact in terms of adoption of ClojureScript, I think. And, yeah, sure, definitely. And it kind of, but it, like at this call, but unfortunately it made it easier for people to start using ClojureScript. The downside was this auto-loading part, right? Like, because if people have not, thought about the load time side effects of the code, you know, which probably very few people, ha you know, have to this extent. Um, mm. it, it can be hell, right? If you're like, I want to just bang on stateful objects all day long, um, you know, like 3JS stuff. And it, it like, if you want to do stuff that's super stateful and it, it, it can become uh, quite, quite difficult, it can be a very, very difficult mm. experience you can turn that off, but who's going to, you know, like that you have to, then you have to learn about all the configuration. And so as a first time experience, I do worry about the auto loading part of FigWheel. And, you know, it'd be interesting if there were like a tool that let you turn it on and off in the FigWheel, like a tool like in your browser that you could just click on, click off the auto loading, boom, just like that. You can do it from the, the Figwell REPL, you can turn it on and off. But again, I don't think a lot of people use those tools. Uh, but if people could just turn it on and turn it off, then that would get it out of people's way. So does that, is that answer your question or are you thinking of something else when you ask that? 
Uh, I was just wondering, like, what, when you're talking about as a beginner experience, I mean, I use it every day. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I use it with reframe applications, and you know, I'm just, I'm just pressing, I'm just pressing save, pressing save, and it's coming <laughs> up, and it's a heads up display, and everyone's rocking. You know, we're all happy. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm just, well, actually, my real question is whether you think it's really an issue anymore in the ClojureScript world, you know, because you kind of had to think about it, you know, in the early days because there wasn't much support for this kind of thing and no one really had thought around it. It was a new thing. Yeah. But now that it's like a bigger community, we've got more frameworks. How are you seeing the feedback on that, you know? Oh. In real world usage, you know? Oh gosh, I really I, maybe I I didn't wake up early enough this morning. I'm I'm, I'm having a little <laughs> bit of a problem grokking grokking the question. Do I think it's? Are you basically saying do I think pe do people even have to worry about thinking about the load time side effects of the code, or is it now it just becomes second second nature to them and all the frameworks support it now? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. what I mean by evolution. You yeah, know? yeah, so, yeah. You know, like when you first started, you had to worry about this because yes, it was an issue and. Yeah. JavaScript people coming to it from the beginning, yep. you know, yep. you're thinking about them. But in the ClojureScript community, it seems like it doesn't seem like it's a big issue anymore. No, I would say I would, I would, I would agree with that. And I think again, there are certain applications, you know, that you know, like like when you use FigWheel on Node, it's a different experience. You don't have a heads-up display. You don't. It, it's right, a different, okay. and yeah. it's the 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 running model inside of Node is is different. And so it gives you, I mean, you still, you're loading your code in real time, but the trade-off is a little narrower there. You know, it, it would be nice if you did have like maybe a browser window giving you feedback uh, from the node process or da 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 da, -da. But um, Maybe this is a new thing though, because I've never used it with nodes. Yeah, I didn't yeah, even yeah, know yeah. that was possible. <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible. You Basically. Know? What the hell are you doing with that? So, but, but yeah, Figma works in Node, it works in React Native. All right, it works. Right, right. All right, so uh, it 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 gets around. You can you can um, <laughs> it gets around in the in the nicest sense possible. Yeah, <laughs> and it, you can use it. You can you can develop uh, Chrome plugins. Uh, you know you can uh, you can do all these things uh, with Figwell. Some of them the setup is much harder than others, obviously. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there are different trade-offs in these different environments. The browsers, the you know, if you're developing the, for the browser, I think your argument is correct. If you're developing for the browser, uh, it seems like in the greater ClojureScript community, like this is a solved problem. You know, we like to isolate our state into uh, to one place, and even better than it being a solved problem, right? Like FigWheel, by being uh, the go-to tool, uh, mm. forces people who you know, who are not used to doing that, to do that and get on board pretty quickly because you, your your return on investment for figuring out is pretty high. Like you're you're now developing in real time and getting this great feedback and everything. So yeah. So um, Bruce, yeah. Um, do you, I mean uh, I see that most of your um, at least uh, so far we we're only talking about closure script. So. Uh, what is what is your take on closure side of the world? Because you said okay, you know, single threading and then all that stuff and closure script, and now how how much uh, closure code do you write? Well, Fig Figwheel is a right. Yeah. Uh, Figwheel is written in closure, right? Yeah. So no, but um, uh, I mean, using closure to build other applications rather than you know uh, tooling. 
Yeah, yeah. So, it, okay, so you're saying how much real-world experience do I have with closure itself? Like, I oh, never I wouldn't developed... put it that way, but... Yes. <laughs> I mean... I'm... Are you a real programmer, Bruce? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That I... is the bigger question. No. They, I mean, the answer to that is always no, right? I am not a real programmer. Like, who does this stuff, really? Uh, I, I just do cool demos that make people think I can program. Uh, um, You're a success at that, for sure. <laughs> Make them think that they can too. So, um, <laughs> forget that question. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. We, well, we, we, we it was my question to myself, so I can I can okay. still blame it, blame you guys for it. Um, so, no, um, I would say I do not have that much uh, professional experience with closure, but I've used closure quite a bit. And again, like I've spent a lot of time working on. And it is a crazy mm. program in a lot of ways. And um, yeah. I've spent uh, my mo most recent gig, I did a lot of closure. And it was closure mm. in, in uh, the combined with Ethereum, right? So it was like super cool, right, like right. extra cool, oh. closure, Ethereum, come on. So ah. uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was my, my was it Was thing. it a gas? Yeah. Yeah, it was a gas. I mean, whew, you know, it was, <laughs> ow, <laughs> it, it hurt in a way that, you know, very few things, you know, like, oh, the end of the day, you know, those programming days where at the end you're like, I don't know what day it is and don't ask me to do any date arithmetic or don't <laughs> ask me to like put two numbers together. You know, it was so it could, it was difficult at times. Um, you know, especially when you're dealing with a platform that that is has very little uh, tooling or feedback, it, it can be very difficult. So, yeah. So, do we using a closure script uh, or a closure uh, interface for the contracts? Yeah, yeah. We're using a, uh, a a closure interface to the Ethereum virtual machine, and uh, yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. It was a cool job. And, but in terms of the larger question, what do I think of closure? I mean, yep. I, okay. Uh, I love it. I mean, it, it, in terms of programming experience, I find it much better than closure script. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think it is a, in, you know, I mean, it's got a lot of advantages. You're talking to one process and, you know, you, it's, you know, it's, 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 uh, I really, closure, Proper, I love it. Uh, closure script as well, though. You know, I mean, I do not see myself using other languages uh, ever. You know, I, I really don't. I mean, it's it's hmm. uh, you know, depending on the problem. Obviously, uh, I, I don't see myself gravitating towards other. I consider closure kind of strange maximum, right? It's like mm -hmm. this may be it for a while, guys. Like. Uh, you know, I know we, we have new programming languages coming out, but the, the and new ideas, but the trade-offs, you know, for getting things done in in the real world, I you know, God, I hate to say that it's, it's so presentious. <laughs> you know, if you actually want to do work, if you want to do work, what are you doing with those other languages? Closure's the one, you know. Yeah. I mean, but that's the way. In I, your pretend world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's the way you know. It's. The, it, 
that is the way I feel. You know, I hate saying it out loud, but I mean, it, it is the way I feel. I, I, I like closure a lot, and uh, I, you know, if I need to do something, I'm, I'm going to reach for closure and or closure script. You know. So I guess the obvious question is like, what about these situations? I mean, this is a trope, but what the hell? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. nice to hear your attitude about these things. What about these people who say, ah, oh, yeah, but you know, you need those types. Because then you you're guaranteed certain you know your bugs are certain bugs are, are gone and you know you can you once you put it in these types you've got solid guarantees you're not going to lose sleep at night. Um, what, what's your answer to the people? Because obviously that's you know forget spec for the moment because that's still a bit weaker than real types. But what, what's your answer to those people who come at you and say, Bruce, you've really got to work with Scarlet a day or or ML or Haskell or whatever? Yeah. Well, I. I, I, I <laughs> uh, you know, Screw you! <laughs> no, no, it's 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 just funny. First of all, it is a trope. So we're, mm. we we are putting words in other people's it mouths, is, yeah. right? We are putting words in other people's mouths. We, you know, it it does. But this general idea, right, exists. And I think, you know, like I'm trying to be, uh, you know, not just write this off. Uh, but I, <laughs> you know, but let's just do it and move on. No, um, I would say. <laughs> I, you know, I think they're overblowing the guarantees that they have. Like, like, like they, they're blowing the guarantees they have up and, and out of proportion to, again, the real world. Like, if you're deploying, you know, 17 microservices, uh, you have, you know, a, a system of state that is so complex and you're not going to get any sleep at night. So... In your types, you know, they're going to give you very, you know, not a lot of guarantees in that world. Uh, you know, if you have a monolithic system that takes in, you know, data and spits it out, yeah, you, you can sleep very, very well, right? Like, oh, I take in data and I spit it out and I wrote Haskell. Yeah, you know, that's, I can, I can definitely, I can roll with that. I think that is a solid argument. But we know in these, these real systems that... You know, like <laughs> guaranteeing that you're, you're this 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 process, uh, you know, like you and you do and and like we can't say that types aren't helpful while you're programming. You know, you can't. It's like that would be like saying spec isn't helpful while you're programming. Um, you can't say, uh, you know, they are helpful. And it would be great to have the best of all worlds. It would be great to somehow have a trade-off where we have, you know, progressive typing and. You know, we get these uh, static guarantee. You know, it would. You know, typed closure is a great idea. You know, if yeah, if, yeah. if it, it came in a form that we enjoyed and liked working with. <laughs> no, in, again, like I hope that that. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. laughing at type. He, he did his best. I mean, you know, yeah. I think it's just it's just extra work for. Until you get to spec, I think it felt like an extra extra burden for library writers that maybe wasn't getting the payback that yeah. it, you know yeah. that it was uh, worth the effort putting into. But and and there's but yeah nothing wrong with uh, with his effort, of course. You know. No, no, and there's just sheer you know there's just sheer habit, right? Like there's yeah. a reason we like writing dynamic code. I mean, there you know like we get things done quickly, <laughs> yeah, and 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 we pay the price. At times for that, like we're like, oh god, you know, damn, that would have been solved by having types, you know, like yeah. I wouldn't have had to spend three hours on that, you know, if if whatever, but um, you know, I would say we are extremely productive. We get a lot, you know, closure programmers, 
you know, you get a lot of bang out of 10 lines of code. You yeah, know, definitely. You know, you get a yeah. lot, yeah. Uh, you know, and if you, if you ever do advent of code or something like that, and you look at, you know, you do a comparison of the solutions, you know, it, you know, closure ends up looking pretty nice, <laughs> looking pretty nice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It feels to me like there's a sort of like strata, like at certain certain types of um, functions or definitions, it would be quite nice if we had types around them. But then when we want to consume data from external sources or explore APIs, we want to be able to do that interactively, which are almost, it's almost impossible to do that when you have to do all the type ceremony up front. Yeah. You know, so it feels like, you know, on the one hand, it would be nice to have a bit more typing and specking on on the the bedrock exactly. but on the other hand you know the when you're using the tools to explore stuff it feels much more productive that is a much better answer can we let's <laughs> let's, let's go with that one <laughs> uh, i've been talking too much about this shit right okay. <laughs> that was that was uh, i you know I, I i agree with you completely you know on that Right, VJ. What's the next question? <laughs> hey, by the way, just just while while VJ is thinking about this, I just I give you a bit of props, by the way, because um, I had a little issue with Figwheel where I needed to to connect up to a local server to do some API stuff, and I ended up being able to drop in a little proxy um, because you designed it in such a nice way. I could drop a little proxy in to connect back the Figwheel. Um, client into my API, so I was really happy about that. Super nice. Oh well, great. I'm gl I'm glad. I hope that <laughs> you, you know. No, I like. I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, yeah, I think it. Most of that is the the cores, right? Like it, it. It's a side channel, and so it lets you. You know, you're not you're not having to combine it with your server per se. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think there are two questions. Uh, one is Emacs R or some other random shit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I think I know the answer. Was that really a question, Emacs? Or exactly. Okay, moving on. No, no, um, no Emacs. <laughs> I mean, but I, I think that's well known. I, I, I use Emacs. <laughs> <laughs> My okay. God. Obviously, that's not a, that's not a real question, you know. <laughs> we, we all know, you know. Um, so so unfair. But the, but the, so unfair. Exactly, exactly. But so uh, the the other question is, I mean, we, we're talking about typing, and you said you are uh, you came from Scheme and PLT Racket, and and you know that they, those guys are working for gradual typing and uh, things like that. So how how do you contrast them? Because one of the ideas that I heard um, that. I kind of convinced myself that when you're building a program, if you're spending in total, let's say, X amount of time, if you're using dynamic languages, then you spend more time later. Or if you're using static typing, you, you spend more time up front. But in, yeah. in, in, in total, the time is the same. What do you think about that idea? I, I mean, that's, that jives with my experience. So that, that, mm. that, that makes sense to me. And it, and the reason I think that I balk, right, against spending that time up front, and I think all of us do, right? And so, they, you know, it's like it, it kind of it was a leading question, you know, the, which I appreciate because then I don't have to think of everything. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's when you're, especially because so much of programming 
uh, is exploration. You know, you're exploring, like, the, is, will these pieces even fit together? Like, I have this library, I have this API, I have this thing. I've got to connect them. Are they going to connect? Well, do you want to just see if they connect first? Or do you want to think, you know, do you want to plan it all out and, like, have the answer, you know, like, right off the bat? You know, by, you know, because now you have to start characterizing these things. Like, you, you know, this is now a this and a this and it has a this and a this in it. And don't hmm. forget, you know, oh, forgot about that, you know. And that's the forgot about that that makes the whole problem really painful, right? Like, you're like, uh, when forgot about that and you just have to add a key to a map, it's not really a big deal. But, <laughs> yeah. right, like, oh, my type has five fields in it and I've been, de you know, I've been, like, destructuring it, you know, in a hundred places and, oh, darn, this is unfortunate. But again, mm. yeah, yeah. So I prefer not, I prefer to have the flexibility to explore. Uh, and I, I think a lot, a lot of what programmers do is exploratory for a pretty long period of time. And then yeah. you resolve it. You, you know, you explore, 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 and resolve it down into, you know, a hundred lines of code. You know, blah, 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 blah. Explore, 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 and then resolve. And, uh, yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's my process. You know, bang on things until they work, you know? And then, <laughs> and then make it look good and pretend it looked good from the beginning. You, know? you like the git squash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you did you uh, play with uh, gradual typing for uh, PLT or racket or things like nope, that? Nope, I did not. Never did. Okay, that was it. Was a long time so ago that, when I did that, so I've never done it. Okay, so if if you if you're building your own full stack application, so what are your choice components these days? I mean, which which libraries would you pick for a for a full stack uh, closure or closure script application? Because there are so many libraries available, so many ways to do things in closure. Oh my gosh, uh, as few as possible. So I think it's, okay. no, like, no, really, like mm -hmm. as few mm -hmm. as possible. Um, again, like ClojureScript world is still young. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the maturity of the libraries is still young. And like it, it, and the chance of it going out of fashion is high. Uh, mm. And maybe it, let's put it a different way, okay. Bruce, rather than actually naming libraries and saying like which you prefer, because I think that's a bit unfair. What about what kind of um, where do you what, what kind of leverage do you want to get out of libraries? You know, do you want to get leverage in terms of interacting with JavaScript or do you want to get leverage in terms of interacting with Node or with yeah, yeah, yeah. with with a browser or with a DOM or, you know, what, what kind of things are you looking to get leverage from? OK, um, I would. I would definitely use React, and I would use Sublano. Mm. All right, like so, I always use React and Sublano uh, mm. in terms of a front-end application, and then uh, I gradually, like, I build from Sublano and an Atom for as long as I can, right? And so I do it as long as I can. Just use React, blah 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 blah, blah to see if I can do that, and then if I need some performance. I'll make a, like a pure component or whatever, you know, the pattern where it will only render if, if a state is changed, period. You know, if it, you know uh, and so, and then I use that until that doesn't work anymore. 
and then I start considering other frameworks, you know, and, and I have a preference for an, an ohm style where you pass the state. I have a preference for passing the state around and, and not referencing uh, a global state atom. It's just, and I know reframe, the thing is you can, you can decouple things a little easier that way. Uh, and, and you can as well, and you can do it with reframe as well as long as you pass uh, the state in to a function and blah, 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 blah. So, uh, and I, yeah, so, but true story, I haven't done a lot of closure skip programming in, you know, the last year or so. So, uh, yeah, uh, it, these things change. And I think, though, if I was going to reach for something today, it would be re reagent, reframe, something that everybody uses. It's got a lot of backing. Mm -hmm. It's got a future, yeah. period. And, but before that, I would definitely still, you know, I, you know, roll simple until you you need some more thinking around it. You know, and I wouldn't make like making decisions about REST and GraphQL and blah 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 blah. Like a lot of applications, you don't need that until you know, you know, like until you're a certain size or you're pushing a certain amount of data, right? Like, mm, but a, yeah. a lot of applications are really like. Small, I, you know. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, what you're thinking? Just, just push a little bit of a message, or just a JSON API, or a yeah. sort of bit of transit data over the wire, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I do initially with with everything because uh, I don't need to solve like all the problems, you know. Hmm. When I start picking the libraries for a project, I really, I don't, I don't feel that way. I feel like things evolve, you know. You learn so much about the problem you're solving as you're solving it. Uh, you know, that an early commitment is, is you know, it's, it's not necessary, you know, to, in my mind. But if you do know exactly what you're building and how big it's going to be and, you know, you're going to need these, these characteristics. Like if you work for Netflix, right? You're like, okay, these, the, you know, day one, uh, we know we have certain problems that, will need to be solved immediately, right? But for a lot of other things, you know, for a tremendous number of applications, mm -hmm. they don't need uh, a, a serious amount of complexity. Yeah. And maybe it's one of the things about Clojure and ClojureScript is that you can scale that level of complexity out incrementally as well, you know? Yeah. You have options. You're, you're, you're yeah. dealing with functions, you know? Like you yeah. have a lot of options. Uh, to change to change the, how the game is played uh, along the way, you know, you, it's very if you if you do things right, right, you have very low buy-in um, mm -hmm. to any particular thing. Although getting rid of React would be hard. <laughs> yeah. So, do you think ClojureScript is is I think uh, you keep saying React is the is the way to go to build applications, at least for you, or at least you think that has a bright future. Yes. Do, do you think that is, that is without React, where do you see ClojureScript? Oh, without React? Yeah. Um, I think if React didn't, like, first of all, aside from, like, that's, first of all, I th the beginning of your question is, do I think ClojureScript is a good platform, and do I think, yeah. see it going into the future? I, I honestly yeah. do. I think it... I think it's trade-offs uh, mm. for the people who who use it. You know, they they don't they're not like ah, oh. 
worst experience <laughs> ever, you know? I mean, yeah. <laughs> like a lot of people, you know, they come on board and they're quite enthusiastic. And thank goodness, I mean, this may not be the case if the, you know, if the complexity of the tooling in the, the JavaScript world has not, you know, hit like the, the knee and the exponential curve. You're like, it, it was doing fine. And then it just, you know, it, it went, <laughs> went crazy. It went it, to the point where, you know, you come back to it and you have no idea what's going on. And you're like, wow. And uh, keeping up with it is, is quite difficult. So um, Clojure offers a tremendous story against that in the workflow and blah, 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 blah. So uh, even outside of React, I think if React did not exist, that the Clojure script community would write React. You know, yeah, because we nearly had a we nearly had that, didn't we, recently with the uh, the Facebook uh, legal bullshit? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I don't know actually what you're talking about. I mean, I I what it was was that they they were they were saying that everyone that used their um, software essentially was giving them a free pass to sue the shit out of them. Um, so that that was a really weird situation. So yeah. if you wrote an application with React then you couldn't sue Facebook and Facebook could sue you basically. So it was like a weird, a weird legal arrangement where I think, you know, for most of people, it didn't really matter, but I think for people like Netflix or certain bigger companies, Amazon, Google, it was a problem, you know? Yeah. That's, and that is a problem, you know, that that's definitely a problem that, uh, you know, we have no, the control over it is not in our hands. Okay, so yeah, I mean, luckily it all went away, so yeah, yeah, we were yeah, relieved. Yeah. But it was just a sort of, ooh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's unfortunate. I don't, I, I, I'm not well informed on that issue at all. But it, and it's unfortunate to hear uh, that somebody could take my React away. So, but I promise yeah. <laughs> you, this community, there are people chomping at the bit to rewrite React. So, hmm. you know, I, I, you know, it's, it sucks for deployed programs and, but ClojureScript is a great language to write uh, a replacement for that, you know? So, uh, yeah, I could see it happening very yeah. quickly. Yeah. I think, like you say, the, the nice thing about it is that Facebook have it, they've got a dozen engineers making the experience smoother, promoting it, yeah. building all the ecosystem and That's infrastructure true. around it. And that counts for a lot, doesn't it? It's yeah. not just a, you know, not just a function of the view, is it? Which is obviously that's the kind of, you know, the abstraction that they're offering, but yeah, there's a lot more than that. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. There's, there is a lot more to it and that's why we use it. You know, yeah. that's one of, that's yet another reason why we use it. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, Absolutely. In React Native, yeah, yeah. Let's get into spec a bit. So you wrote this library, Strictly Specking. Yeah. So what is the background on that one and what is the relationship with spec and, and where do you see that thing? Um, uh, so Strictly Specking was, I mean, is, was and is primarily, right, so that I could give like feedback for the, config, the insane number of configuration parameters that are presented to somebody when they use FigWheel in conjunction with Clojure, and FigWheel and ClojureScript, right? Like there's just a lot of configuration 
and the the possibility of doing it wrong is is very high right like you, you the possibility that you know your assumptions about how the config should work and how it actually works can be widely divergent so i wrote strictly specking uh and the funny this thing took me three months i started once i i you know th this is and it started before spec came out right so I'm working yeah. on this thing and mm -hmm. I wrote it once in core logic because I don't like myself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then right? and then I uh, saw how quickly that ran. I'm going to use not. It did not run quickly. It ran so badly. It was so it was so but it was an interesting exercise, but it took a long time. And then I wrote it in a uh, then I started writing my own version of spec, right? This is before yep. spec came out. So I started writing my own. Uh, mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and then spec came out and I was like, well, darn. <laughs> for, for, that's not what I said, I said something else. But um, I, I uh, yeah, I was like, so and then I rewrote it again in spec. And spec was missing some things. Uh, and uh, spec was missing some things. So strictly specking is written in in spec. Spec is spec is used as the the back end for this. Oh. And yep. And I, spec had it was not as programmable as I needed it to be. And mm -hmm. so because remember, all I wanted was a pointer. Like I wanted to know where. <laughs> Where in the data structure, I need a path to the point in the data structure where the problem is. And, and uh, unfortunately, you know, that's not, that's not easily, that wasn't easily done in spec. There have been some changes to it. Like I literally had to parse the spec forms from top to bottom uh, in order to get this pathway. And uh, yeah, and as spec changed, you know that these things changed and and uh so that's half of strictly specking the other half is like just doing kind of a probability inference of like what did you mean when you said this right like mm. and based on where you typed this what did you mean and so and that's yeah that's that's the other part of it and so yeah and then printing it out in a way that you know with an in you know, in <laughs> my words are failing me, Pr then printing it out uh, with a code pointer in, you know, your, your typed code. So that's, that was, it was, it was very, very hard to actually write that. It was, it was, it was, it wasn't easy. And the, the library is kind of uh, messy or a mess. And I'm hoping to, you know, I don't know. I hope I get a better idea sometime. Uh, or a better way of structuring it because I'd like to see it in line yeah. I'd like to see it in other mm -hmm. other things that are validating uh, a lot of config a lot of complex config but right now I wouldn't I wouldn't advocate its use uh, out, you know outside of fig wheel really I mean yeah we have been discussing this uh, spec things uh, in a couple of episodes these days okay. and um, you know one of the biggest problems is that that the error messages that we put out for for people when you're using spec um so what is your opinion on that one i mean I, we've been very vocal about you know it's been shitty so 
Okay, so I, you know, you actually broke up a couple times there, so I didn't hear you no. precisely. But I Sorry. think you're asking about the, the specs error messages. Is that correct? Okay, All right, great. Uh, and yeah, and there are different contexts here, right? Obviously, like I think, yeah, like if you're talking about specs error messages for the the core macros. Uh, like closure core macros and closure core uh, special forms. Is that what you're talking about or? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're talking about those, uh, uh, they're, you know, it, it's two things, right? You get, you, you've got like on the plus side, you have very precise information about what went wrong. And if, but on the downside, like, you know, programming is this experiential interactive activity and you, your desire to go from the message to the problem is quickly is very hot. You want this to be a quick transition. You don't want to parse spec messages uh, at that particular moment, especially not for core macros like deafen. You know, like you forgot yeah. the vector in deafen and now you, <laughs> you have this message which is huge. Now, you know, moving backwards, so it feels like a devolution, right? Okay, but it's not, right? It's a st it is a stepping stone, because like before, it would, the messages were ad hoc. They were, they were still help, they were more, they seemed more helpful than the messages we get now for, for in certain situations. Hmm. But yeah. so it feels like a devolution, but now you have precise, you, you have a precise data. And so yeah. on top of that, you could provide very, you know, it would be some work, but you could provide extremely granular, you can, you know, for the core macros now, you can write a library that says, okay, when I get this data, say this. When I get this data, say that. And so you could say precisely what's wrong in all the different situations that somebody uh, types in the definition macro wrong right you so yeah there there is increased there's an increased amount of data uh but you know it's very and and so so this can evolve into something better and i really personally think for the core macros and the core special forms which essentially are syntax uh for layman you know like for layman there's syntax yeah. For the core developers and the closure, you know, they're 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 running code. You know, that's that's a macro is just another piece of code that's running. And I need, you know, getting a stack trace into the macro for me is not a big idea. But for newer people, it looks like syntax. It feels like yeah. syntax, and it's a syntactic error, right? Now it's important mm -hmm. to have stack traces into macros when we're writing macros. Like we want to see, oh, it failed in the middle of the macro that I'm writing. And you want this big stack trace and blah 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 blah, but um, again, for the core and the core forms, and uh, the, we need better, we need better error messages. And yeah. there, right now, we have a capacity to provide incredible error messages. Now that we have this extra data, how's that for like walking the line? You think I did a good job? <laughs> you you avoided every possible mind there. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, it's too easy, right? It's too easy to be like, <laughs> screw those error messages. 
error messages. What? <laughs> Am I right? Come on. What's up with those? Exactly. Yeah, but it's also, I think, the other problem for me, Bruce, uh, you know, I, I think I think you're, you're engineering-wise, you're absolutely spot on. But I think from a kind of uh, experience perspective, it's way off. Oh, you're, you know? I, yeah, um, I, yeah. So I, I, I don't think it's actually, I think engineering-wise, it's been a definite step forward. But I think experience-wise, I think they've shot themselves in the foot a little bit. I, in, uh, and in, that's a shame, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think I think that... Yeah, I agree. The experience, you're left, you know, when you're left with a question mark, a big question mark when a common error occurs, uh, yes, in terms of experience, it's it's hard to argue that. Um, yeah, and there's, I have more to say about error messages if you want. Like, I, I this is something bit, I thought yeah. about a lot. Like, I think I think maybe the reason is that you know that the the reason why we are not working on error message as a community is that you know we don't make those that many errors. So who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so like fuck this thing. You know oh. people are people need error messages when when constantly they keep making errors. Yeah, yeah. We don't need them. We don't. Yeah. And I, I that's yeah. I don't think that's fair. You program with Emacs. <laughs> you write closure. You don't make errors. You don't make awesome. errors. Oh yeah. my god. Exactly. <laughs> I make. I make errors so often, it's it's ridiculous. Why do you think my error messages yeah. look good, right? Like, um, exactly. no, it, makes sense. Yeah. So I, the other, so when it comes down to it, like in this conversation about error messages, I think it, it help. It's it'd be helpful to be a lot more precise mm. about like what specifically people really want. You know, to say better error messages. Could, it could be misinterpreted very easily. You know, like better error messages. Uh, like, you know, when you look at it and you know what you did wrong kind of an error message, you know, that, like, again, that's not very precise. Like, specifically what we want is, is a, a concise message along, and this is the along with a, a pointer to the start and the end of the relevant code, right? Like, as tool writers... That's what people want, right? Like, and as consumers, yeah. you and now, unfortunately, that pointer from the beginning to the end, right, is is contextual, right? What file yeah. are you in? Are you working on? And blah 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 blah. But um, the unfortunately, the capacity needs to be there to provide that information, and in mm -hmm. in many ways, ClojureScript has an edge on this because uh, it uses. Uh, Tools Reader, uh, Clojure yep. is a, a behind on this, and it's in a, there are a lot of situations where it's very hard, and spec doesn't help, right? Like spec doesn't give you, you know, it's it's hard to get to like where in the code are are we talking about here? So uh, not or it doesn't help yet. So like the, this is our specific. I'd say I think this is people's specific ask is a concise error message with a pointer. From the beginning to the end, right? Like, of of, yeah. of the relevant code, if possible, right? Um, and I think that I think that this is is entirely possible. I think it's not. I think the the we want error messages and this impression that the core team doesn't want to provide them. I think this is a bit of a tro. I like. I think there's just there are priorities, and hmm. you know when you're the writer of the language, you get to have them or blah 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 blah. And people yeah. can do like people can write libraries, standalone libraries that do that go a long way to do this, 
Um, and you can yeah. wrap, compile, or eval around these libraries. It's not, you, you can do it to an extent, and you can go get a pretty good ways uh, towards providing this functionality. But, you know, there, there, are, there are definitely, I think I really, you know, I really like somebody closer to the core team to actually try and write a library like this. It just, just because I think trying, going through the exercise of trying to create good error messages for closure will provide informative feedback and back pressure on the language. Uh, it, you know, mm -hmm. instead of saying it's, you know, like giving people the impression that it's not a priority or it doesn't matter, which yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, it's like, oh, you know, if that's true that people actually think this is stupid and people who ask about it's stupid, yeah, that's a problem. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know that that's true. I think the issue yeah. is, I mean, everything you said is right. The problem is that the reason they put spec in the core was because they wanted to have broad adoption. And you can't have it both ways. You can't say, okay, we want to have broad adoption for spec because yeah. <laughs> so we're putting it in the core, but we're not going to give error messages because, we, because that's not, you know, we don't need broad adoption of good error messages. Yeah, yeah. So eh. I think, I mean, your answer is, is good because like you've got Clojure 1.9. It's depending on an alpha version of spec and that's fine. Why don't we have another library that goes with spec that's called error messages spec? That's another alpha library that doesn't have to be finished now. You know, it could, it's it's some work that got to be done. And it's just a matter of the core team putting a flag in the ground saying, this is a priority for us. And not just saying, sort it out community. I honestly think that that that, that uh, Rich and Stu need to say that. And, I, and I'm sorry if that offends them or it upsets them, but tough shit. Yeah. They really need to make this a priority for the language. You know, they don't have to do it on day one. I get that. There yeah. are priorities, there are timescales, but they need to make it clear that all this engineering effort they're doing with spec, which is going to give us better messages in the end, we've all been promised this, that they're also caring about it and they're going to make it part of the core experience, not just this add-on experience that we have to somehow find on Google. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Rant I, over, sorry. No, and I, and I, I really agree. I like... I, I really agree that it is a problem. I, I agree it's, it's a problem of the experience. I, I agree completely. And uh, yeah, it, it, it would have been nicer if this was addressed longer ago. You know, it, it really would have really been nice. You know, it, but again, with the caveat, again, I'm walking, why am I defending Cognitect and Rich? And <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I have know. no idea. You know? <laughs> But maybe just because we're I, not sponsored by them, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. You don't need <laughs> no, no. The thing is, is I, I empathize. I, ampa yeah, course, I empathize yeah, with yeah. them. Because, you know, it's a tough problem. Well, yeah, and like, you know, yeah, no well, one's disagreeing with that. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I, I, I but it's a solvable problem, and I, that's probably why you're, you're like, <laughs> it's not impossible, people. This is like, this is a solvable problem. Um, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. and, yeah. So. I, again, if they had, yeah, I don't know. I want better error messages too, and I want yeah. it. I want it for newcomers, and I, and it shouldn't like, like messing up while you write a def and mag, you know, while you're while you're defining a function and getting an error message that, that is completely nonsensical, you know, is is yeah. is obviously not good for for the closure. 
It's not good for closure. Now, it doesn't bother me. I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I, it doesn't bother me. I, yeah. I, I can, you know, that doesn't even matter. I, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. It doesn't, like, I could, I don't need error messages the way I used to need them. You know, I, I, I the, as the compiler moves into my head, yeah. you know, like this becomes uh, less of an issue. But yeah. I want them. I want more people to use closure, and that's why I'm writing the REPL read line. Yeah. 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 Right, before we go on to the REPL read line, because I think that is, that's going to, you're getting everyone excited. Um, <laughs> I'll give, ask, ask one, one random question from the stream, okay? And then we, I want to talk to you about dev cards. Okay. Because, you know, see what the state of that is. Well, I don't know where there's a, do you know Zach Orks? He's another closure script. Uh, yeah, guru. yeah. Uh, of course, you know Zach, awesome guy. Oh, uh, he's, um, yeah, I know Zach. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know him personally, Zach. Zach, I don't know you personally. Well, you're lucky then. But yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I've heard of Zach for sure. Yeah. So he he asks a question in the stream. There says, "Is there a connection between exploratory interactive programming and comedy improv?" So um, you do you do some of that? I don't know. I, I. It's a creative process. Is that a good answer? Like. Is, it's a creative process, <laughs> Zach. I mean, but no, like it is. It, it's it's being in the flow and responding to the moment is is uh, being in the flow and being able to respond to the moment. You know, there, there, it's 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 not one. It's a singular experience. Whether you're building a deck, you know, or writing a program, or doing improv on stage, or greeting somebody you've never met before, right? Like. Like being open to what's actually happening and then responding to it. So yeah, yeah, and yeah, I'm man. I am super experiential when it comes to programming. I mean, I just try <laughs> lots of stuff. You know, this idea yeah. of like being some brainchild and boom, whoosh, you know, you know, it doesn't work like that. I, uh, you know, I I I try stuff, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that was a bit of a random question. That one. No, it's, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, dev cards. Before we go on to to the latest and greatest stuff, so what, can you tell us? Give us people a little bit of a background to dev cards. Uh, dev cards. If dev cards is just an extension, like dev card. Like I would say, all of my projects are like all of my projects focus on the idea of bringing the this dynamic, fluid, responsive nature of closure. Hmm. to life you know putting it in people's hands in a way where they can use it uh like immediately and yeah and dev cards is specifically that and the way i've explained this before many many times and then he why did i, I didn't even have to say that why did i say it we'll, we'll edit that out, okay i'm tired of explaining it no no uh is, i'm sick of explaining this god damn it no no it's that you, you can't have a REPL with you. There's no such thing as a REPL in a with a GUI, right? It's just like it's very hard to get interactive feedback when you're you're like creating GUI components from scratch, right? Like you, yeah. it's just very, you know, like because when you're writing a pro, like we, we develop in the context, we're always developing in the context of a larger program where we're developing for the browser. It's always a larger context. You're always, and so that context often prevents you from trying things out, like stupid things. Like, oh, in the middle of my application, now I'm going to plop in this dumb little experiment to see if this button, I can make this button turn into a smiley face, 
right? You're like, it, there's no place in my code to put this and try it out. And if I have to create a whole new project to try it out, I'm going to shoot myself, right? Because it's not yeah. fun creating a whole new project. And so uh, dev cards is born out of this, the, the, the idea that it should be easy to create independent uh, code examples and have them be interactive and show up as soon as you type them. So that was the idea there. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. So VJ, that's awesome. Yep. I mean, uh, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> have you ever? I, to be honest, I've I've played them a couple of times, but I, I'm I've not really went into it in a great deal of uh, depth. And so I, I think I feel, that I feel a bit bad, you know. You shouldn't feel bad. I think that's the common experience, you know. Uh, <laughs> that like, it, it's. It's like kind of you either really dig it or you don't. And I, you know, I haven't used them a lot lately myself. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm in good company. <laughs> you know, uh, I, but I think given a situation where they make sense, I would use them, right? Like I would, okay. uh, yeah. But to think that I'm, you know, they, they're obvi there's obviously places for them. And then and there's obviously, it, 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 for a certain type of programming where you're explaining what you're doing and seeing it visually, it, you know, it could probably help you drill down on a problem a lot better. Uh, but yes, again, like uh, it's another tool you have to add in and, it, you know, you have to learn it and use it. And yeah, yeah, there's weight there. But how do you how do you see with FigWheel and uh, FigWheel being one of the um, best uh, experiences for the developers? I mean, what do you think is the future vision for this kind of developer tooling? How do you how do you see the programming is going to be? With, with of course, you know we, we keep uh, saying exploratory programming, interactive programming. Yeah. But what what do you see for the future for the develop developer tools? I, I we're we're entering into a really interesting future. Like you saw Dynamic Land, at like Brett Victor, Victor's Dynamic yeah. Land. Have yeah, you seen yeah, that? Yeah. The pieces of paper yeah. with the programs on them. And yeah. you, you add that, then we're like, if you're talking in visionary, I'm just going to answer in kind of a visionary kind of response to that question. And you add to that, like real augmented reality, like with Magic Leap and stuff like that. Um, mm. There's just a lot of, you know, you can get a lot of feedback with augmented reality. You can get, you know, you can get a lot of, uh, you can, you can put a lot of, functionality into inanimate objects. And so uh, will that, you know, will that mean anything in terms of building a web page? I, you know, I, in terms of closure script tooling and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, you, let me, let me ask it back. Do you see something coming down the line? I mean, are you like, is there something that I need to well, know? No, 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 no. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not that experienced, or I, I have no fucking clue. I just follow people like you who are who are who are much more, you know, um, experienced so, in creating tools but in that, terms... that people like me use. So I, I was yeah, wondering if you, if you if you are thinking about FigWheel, for example, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that came out the idea of you know um, exploratory programming and making the feedback loop as tighter as possible. Yeah, um, yeah. So how well, do you see so... this kind of thing moving forward? Well, in terms of FigWheel, I've I've had several interesting ideas. Um, one is, uh, spe obviously spec, like providing yeah. decent feedback, you know, like, 
And spec is different, right? Because these are runtime uh, errors, right? So the, the, this is different than the compile time errors that you see pop up in FigWheel. Like delving into the runtime errors is something FigWheel hasn't really done. And, you know, DevTools, you know, rocks, right? So, it, you yeah. know, where do you fit in here? Well, spec, there, there might be an opportunity to create something. Uh, and it doesn't even need to be part of FigWheel, right? Because you can, yeah. you can, this could be a library that's completely separate that provides feedback for spec errors. Um, another thing, like for ClojureScript, is like in terms of tooling, keeping, keeping statistics about errors is, I think, super interesting. Keeping statistics about uh, these, like these meta things, and having them mm -hmm. viewable as data, I think, is really interesting. Um, and I think it's also interesting for tool creators. I think it's interesting yeah. for language creators. Um, so, yeah, yeah, keeping uh, a visual history of mm -hmm. the keeping like a visual history of the messages that are like oh an error I got an error a warning an error a boom ba boom ba boom I, I got an error a little I got this error a little while ago you know and being able yeah. to open up a, a tab and being like oh there this is what's transpired so far in my development experience um mm -hmm. uh I'm you know there might be something might pop out of you it's just more information um have you know I told with I the idea of having uh when you launch FigWheel, you have this window that's an application and you can click whichever build you wanna to go to yeah. and then work on that build. Like, so FigWheel slash da 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 build idea gives you this meta view of the build and the messages yeah. you've gotten so far and maybe a UI to let you turn on and off FigWheel features, mm -hmm. right? So add a little more UI to FigWheel uh, okay. that way, yeah. So that's, that's something that's occurred to me. But nothing that's like blown me away. Like I haven't had anything that's like, this is gonna like rock people's world uh, type <laughs> of thing. So yeah, well, Just I think pretty much FigWheel did right. I mean, at least uh, you know some of the most of the people's worlds. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, um, great. So you've been working on the read line all the <laughs> live long day. I know that was a. I, I questioned myself before. That's a good one. I mean, yeah, okay. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a there is certain smog. It's like what? What is it? What is this thing that he's doing? But yeah, yep. I've been working on a read line for about three weeks, hmm. and yeah, it's what. There's a story here, uh, and the story was, I I did advent of code. And I really like I every year I do the advent of code programming challenge and I don't I don't compete because I'm not going to, you know, get up at midnight. I'm not going to like start working on a programming problem at midnight every night for a month. Yeah. That seems like a bad lifestyle choice <laughs> for somebody. So you're just telling you us know, it's like, in the wrong time zone, basically. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like if you live in California, yeah, then you're doing it at nine o'clock at night, which seems fine, you know, but midnight. Nah, that's that's not that that, that kind of that's too. But the the working on the programming problems themselves is is excellent way to reflect on programming, programming experience, blah 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 mm. blah. Um, 
and just have fun working on concise problems that have no, you know, there's literally no downside to doing it wrong. So it's, it's really, it's, it reminds you to, to enjoy yourself while you're programming again. I really like it. And then I was so addicted to doing problems, I picked up TIS-100. I don't know if you're familiar with the assembly programming game no. by Zaktronics, yep. TIS-100. Mm -hmm. It's super fun. It's assembly programming. And uh, there's all these parallel processors that you're only allowed to put 12 instructions in each okay. in a grid, and you can talk to the processors next to it each other and you've got like 12 or 15 instructions in each of these blocks and you have a set of problems you need to solve and uh it, it really it it's it is quite fun yeah for some strange reason you know like uh, describing it it sounds like <laughs> the opposite of fun yeah. uh but uh it is it is a surprising amount of fun like you start it and you think i'm gonna hate this <laughs> and then you're like five problems in and you're like Oh, if I put this over here, then I can do that, you know. And then, yeah. You know, so, yeah, uh, it is. It's great fun. I I advise everybody to try it. It's like the easiest way to remember uh, assembly programming again. And yeah, okay. So that led me to thinking about writing a game of my own. That with this theme of pro, like these programming games are fascinating to me. Like, why is it fun to program? Mm. You know, I love programming. I have fun. I mean, I literally have fun programming. I write a lot of open source without, a, you know, a lot of remuneration. <laughs> and I, I keep, you know, I do it. I keep doing it. What is my problem? <laughs> so uh, I thought, well, you know, the REPL is kind of a game. Like what, you know, so I had this idea, like what if somebody boots up a REPL and it says connecting to remote server, da 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 da, and then uh, gives you some kind of heading, like this one said Lisp system 14 in like the block ASCII letters, and then uh, it had a login, it has a, like a login. It's, it asked for like a password, and so you don't know what to do, right? So you type in a password, and then it says wrong password, and then it does a core dump, and it dumps you into the REPL. And then you have to figure out what the heck is oh, going right, on, right? right? right and so okay. you start, right? And so you start doing dir and source. You start using these REPL commands to inspect the environment, and you find out that, oh, there's a bug in the password thing, right? And you fix the bug in the password thing, and then you move into the next stage. It loads like a new namespace. Mm -hmm. You have a new problem to solve. Okay. And you keep doing this. So this is like, and it's funny because, I mean, this is way too much detail, but the idea is like the next module is encrypted to the answer of the previous module, okay. right? So it, you, you could pull it down offline or blah, 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 as soon as you figure out the answer to the, the, the previous one. And so the idea would... This is great, and you need a really good story to drive this. I, I don't have a good story yet. Mm. So I started working on this thing, yeah. and it was a tremendous amount of work, and I just noticed that the REPL experience is not game-worthy, right? It's like so not <laughs> game-worthy. Yeah. You know, it's not, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it, it, yeah, it's not good, right? And it doesn't need to be good for experienced programmers. For experienced closure programmers, you do not need to have a good REPL experience because you've hooked it into your editor and, you know, Bob's your uncle. But hmm. for people who are new, yeah. people who are experienced, so 
people. So anyway, I decided to write this read loud. Yeah. And I'm, I'm doing a quick segue because I was starting to go off on a tangent. So I started to write this read line and it made me, you know, it really made me reflect more on the idea that we experience closure so differently than people are coming to the language in the beginning. Mm -hmm. We experience it so differently, right? Yeah. This is a different now. This is a different thing about closure. Yes, right. A lot of other languages, the compile, write, run feedback loop is the default. Mm, yeah. So people can come to closure and do a write read feedback. You know, they can do a write run feedback loop. They can you know use closure main or yeah, yeah. re rerun a script with closure main over and over again. And pretty much assume, oh, they got it. Mm. It's a programming language that has these features, blah, blah, blah. They're missing what I would say at least 50% of the story, if not 70% of the story, which is the experience of writing closure. Yeah. And the fluidity of the feedback. So let's put it into the read line. Let's put our experience as, as experienced closure developers. If we put it into the first thing that these people experience, it gives them time to acclimatize to acclimatize to this idea of inline eval, which kind of sounds stupid to put in a, in a, in a REPL, inline eval. But then, once you start doing it, it starts making sense. So, if we put this experience of inline eval, which is extremely foreign to other people, to other programmers coming from other programming languages, you can show it to them, mm -hmm. you can describe it to them. And they still don't get what inline eval is. Yeah. Like you have to experience it and make it part of your pro your problem solving. And then you're like, ah, oh, parentheses make sense. You know, you you start to really really get yeah. it. So yeah, that's the idea behind this readline library is to is to make the fluidity of our programming experience mm. available to newcomers mm. and. So they can annihilate foreclosure problems, right? They can, they can, they've got this really nice editing interface in the Ripple, yeah. and they've, they're doing foreclosure. They, they've got a great way to work, and they have a, you know, they can learn more about what it's like to to work with a closure program, a Lisp programming language. And um, oh, I had another point. Oh, the other thing is, right? It's impossible to choose tooling if you're new to closure. Yeah. It is basically impossible. Yeah. Everybody says Emacs, mm -hmm. Cursive, Sublime. You know, no, I use VS Code. And then uh, what? Oh, you they don't have experience. Like a lot of programming language, a lot of programmers from other programming languages do not have an experience of an integrated mm -hmm. REPL, right? So they don't know how to choose tools that optimize this. Mm -hmm. Well, if we provide that in our REPL immediately, they will they will get this immediate experience of oh these are the features i want from my editor right i want to have access to online documentation mm -hmm. i want to have you know access to on, you know source code i want to have you know i want to have inline eval i want to have a propos yeah. um, is that how you pronounce that how do you a, a propos probably I have no idea. Who cares? I've never heard but of we it. know what you mean. <laughs> apropos. Okay. Apropos. <laughs> apropos. Yeah. Apropos. 
I don't know. Yeah, anyway. So, yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> Have I preached long enough about that? Yeah. So, like, who's going to disagree with me at this point? No, nobody. No, I think, I think, uh, <laughs> I, I think honestly, the, the funny thing is that this is one of the things that I say a lot as well is because actually well, I came from a Java background and a C and all these kind of like, like you say, compiled environments um, didn't have the experience uh, at the beginning of this REPL. And, you know, it probably took me really, I'd say even a year to fully grok that the REPL was the thing. Yeah, and yeah. I really get it now. Every I do everything in the REPL now. You know, it's it, it, yeah, putting things into files is kind of annoying. You know, <laughs> it's just something I've got to do to ship code. You know, <laughs> doing the dishes, washing everything in. What REPL. was that, VJ? No, he says he's doing everything in, in REPL now. So you know, doing washing and dishes and stuff. <laughs> Practically everything is in, is in REPL now. So, <laughs> well, actually, the funny thing is. That's kind of true because it comes back to what you were saying earlier about being experiential. It's because when you're doing your real life things, you're getting feedback all the time. And actually, so I'm yes. bringing the washing machine, if you like, to the <laughs> to the programming environment, you know, because everything is yeah. everything is just live. And I find it I find it really nice when you know people like you and Zach and and other other people are like really working like Mike Fikes and all these guys who are working on the repls and making them better. This proto repl stuff, all the repl stuff is really exciting because I think that's the superpower of closure. I really do. You know, it I is. think that's if we're looking Absolutely. for like what's the game changer, it's not machine learning. You know, it's not all this other bullshit because every language can do that, <laughs> but they haven't got a repl, and if they have got one, it's shit. Yeah. So this is this is like <laughs> why why aren't we selling this as hard and as you know hard as deep as possible? So I love it. I love. It. I yeah. think you're doing a great job there. Oh, thank you, thank you. It was a surprise. I didn't know that. I you know I certainly didn't know I was going to to work on the the this. But I I got lucky. I got lucky here too. J line three. Yeah. You know this 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 tireless programmer has been working on this. And uh, yeah, it's pretty darn capable, and it handles like all the hard stuff of doing, you know, terminal read line, which is, you know, there's a, there's a whole layer there that you you don't ever want to have to get yeah. into. Yeah. So yeah, great. Okay, so I mean, that's one of the things to me is like, as far as the REPL is concerned, like where where do you think that whole live experience is going to go? I mean, you've done you're doing this read line stuff. Uh, what are your plans for it um, beyond the already awesome stuff you've got here? What, where, where are you going with it? <laughs> uh, I mean, so well, that's a good question. There, there are a couple things that occur to me, right? Like, uh, first of all, there's a lot of features you could you could put a lot of features into. Uh, it's practically mm. an editor, mm. right? It, you know, it looks a lot like Emacs once you start programming it. You're like, oh, this looks very. <laughs> Oh, I yes, very familiar with this. Um, I'm I'm got a buffer. I'm changing things in the buffer. I'm setting it back into you know it's it's very. Um, I'm syntax highlighting. I mean all of this is very familiar. Um, but there's in, you know, I think in, I mean in terms of making it the the experience better, I I think that what I have is already pretty nice. nice. Uh, Pretty nice compared compared to like all all the repls I've seen. I've I've looked at IPython and I've looked at 
I tried to get a look at what people were doing. I looked at reasons. Yeah. I looked at, uh, and this is pretty. This is pretty nice. And that most of it's because Closure does this already. I'm just kind of lifting it up so people can can see it yeah. more quickly. Um, so it'd be further features for the this particular thing would be inline uh, read errors, read, like read exceptions. Like, oh, this is a bad token, underline it. All right, that would be very, very nice. Uh, they, again, kind of common, uh, common experience. But yeah, bringing more things like that, I would love to have the, I would love, it, like this is just a read line library, so it doesn't really have anything to do with the output. But I would love to have pair this with libraries that do handle output, mm -hmm. that handle error messages and stuff like that. I, I think that all together you could create a, like an amazing REPL experience with colored output yeah. and blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, and reformatting the last line with a pointer to where the error is would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, aside from that, this, ter this terminal library is very mm -hmm. interesting. And I think we could, you could easily write a library that would let people experiment with writing terminal games. You know, like you, you could easily write a library with a nice programming, because basically you're taking in data, you're returning a string, right? So you could write a nice functional library uh, that composes widgets, that, or that, uh, that composes objects the way that you would in a game library that has an update. Maybe it has a, it calls update, and then you draw a new screen, uh, kind of a thing. You could do this in a very, very quickly, uh, and 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 give act and give access to kids and other programmers, like a, another domain in which to explore programming, which is very safe. Like it's just the REPL. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have to learn all of HTML, HTTP. But, you know, I don't have to learn this whole model. Now I just have this program running on this computer, and I can write a graphical-ish program using characters, which is very, very, very comprehensible for people. So give another domain for people to explore and have fun with. Yeah. yeah. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Because I was thinking also the, uh, the, the other thing that, that these REPLs, um, these REPLs could do is, you know, contribute towards this, uh, like literary, literary programming or, you know, that kind of, Literate. uh, what should we say? The notebook thing that's becoming popular with machine learning people or big data oh, yeah, people, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, this, this concept of, of integrating these REPLs into a broader kind of environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's, I, of course I find that super interesting. Uh, you know, very, very interesting. And I haven't, you know, I've been so I've been so down in the technicals. I haven't I haven't like stepped back for a more visionary look at it. But mm -hmm. you're you're right. Like this particular library, right? Is it's just for yeah, yeah. You know, so in terms of yeah. like it's not it's not a new it's not a new REPL. It's it's only read lines. So again, like in terms like in terms of vision around REPLs, like I don't know if you've ever used IPython notebook or mm -hmm. Gorilla REPL or anything. But you feel, I've used the Gorilla and the normally, Proto REPL and stuff oh, like that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still feel really I, confined in that. Like, like, for some reason, not being in a file, see, not being in a file 
I find really constricting in terms of expression. It, not being in a file in an editor that is like Emacs or something like that, I find uh, difficult to edit in. Uh, now, these things are getting much, much better like in the browser and blah, blah, blah. So that, that, that experience could change and it could just be... But what I, do you mean not being in a file, Bruce? I'm kind of confused by that. What do you mean by what? not being in a file? Well, I Python notebook, you're 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 actually in this interface when you're editing code, right? Yep. You're in this the browser, and when you're editing code, right? And now, unless I've I've got this wrong, yeah, yeah. When, uh, when you when you use IPython notebook, you're in a you're in a browser, you're yeah, in a yeah, web yeah. app, and you're typing in code. So code coding in that environment, I find ah, uh, yeah, okay, I'm with you, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm no, sorry I, I, I was yeah, I, I, I mistook you. I thought it was the other way around. Because I was getting, <laughs> I think that oh, okay. would be very constraining as okay. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find it very, very constraining, and uh, that's what's different about dev cards. Like, if you ever get a chance to use it, I find dev cards to be an interesting direction for Proto mm. Repl and these these, uh, let's just say, graphical repls yeah. for yeah. for better, yeah. you know, the graph graphical literate repls. Dev, I find dev cards is kind of my answer to like an interesting take on that because you can use dev cards as a graphical interactive REPL, but the thing is you're typing in a file and you're getting the graphical feedback in the browser immediately. Yeah. So you get to actually operate in a file and do whatever you want and then the, the feedback and the graphs and the whatever you want is, is coming in, in, in the browser. And that, I think that's a much more interesting, uh, let me put it another way. I think you have opportunity for more expression and more exploration that way. The other question I've got for you, and it's something that uh, maybe, I'm not saying all of this thing is your responsibility, by the way. <laughs> I'm not saying you yeah. owe oh something. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just <laughs> talking about ideas, you know? So it's one of the things that I, I was doing something with a with a, a friend of mine recently where we were we were trying to experiment with like shared and there's been there's been some projects with it to have like two or three or four people on the same file editing things together and collaborating um, and there was a guy who was uh, on this show actually his uh, was did this crapple which is this collaborative repl. But he's it's kind of he's kind of run out of steam and money and time, so a bit of a shame, but there we are. But but this whole yeah. notion of like having a REPL that you can log into and then you can share it. I was getting excited by this um this Atom thing. They have this thing called Teletype where you could you can essentially log in to the same, but it's logging into the same text file. It's like a Google Doc or something. Yeah. Now yeah, 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 yeah. Atom does have a REPL, so in theory. But you can't see it. You can't share it. So it's fucking annoying, basically. Excuse me. But, you know, so, <laughs> well, I don't want to edit the file. The file is bullshit. You know, I want to I want to put my code in the REPL and evaluate things. And there is, that yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah. And that's sort of annoying to me, you know. So can you do that? <laughs> no, no. But what do you think about the well, idea? I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, like I say, you're not on the hook for it. But what do you, is that something that's I, interesting to you? Yeah, I, f I find that I find that really interesting, and it's 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 a tough one, you know. Yeah, like if I was going to explore 
this problem, there's, there, it's a tough one because like, you're buying into something. And it, it's, it's, it's tough to, to create something that transcends it all. Like I, I recently used uh, like a, a Tmux sharing app that lets you share you know, your, your terminal screen. Yeah. Uh, you know, even if you're behind four levels of NAT and whatever, you know, like you could still, you could still do it. And that was, you know, that was interesting. Um, there was an NREPL middleware uh, that you let can you do, do it. This. No, actually, I've tried this and that does work. Yeah, it does that work. works. Yeah. You can have multiple people typing into the REPL via Tmux. Yeah, that works. Okay. Yeah, but I think there's also uh, NREPL middleware that was created to do this. I have never oh, okay. used it. Uh, and because th- you know, when you think about it, you, like these, it's, you're just multiplexing messages at that point with yeah. NREPL middleware. Yeah. Uh, that, but I, 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 I'm not so sure. Like, yeah, there, you, there would need to be. Uh, the problem with Tmux, the problem with Tmux is that you just, you're just typing at a REPL, you know, so anybody can do anything. Yeah. There's no differentiation. There's no, you know, you can't oh, see, okay. I you see know, what you're saying. doing this and John is doing that and Joe's oh, doing yeah. this. You know? I see what you're saying. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Whereas gotcha. that's a nice thing about yeah. like the Google Docs or the Kreppel was because it's using the CRDT model, then you could see what the source of the input was and you could see what the timeline was. Yep. And how it was evolved. Yep. 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 Yeah. Anyway, it, it was really that's, nice, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 it sounds and it sounds really nice. It's it's it sounds really nice. I'm just a loner though, man. I'm just a loner. <laughs> You know, <laughs> obviously, you know, you, you don't you don't need multiple people typing into REPL because, you know, one programmer is enough for closure. So it's like we don't need error messages. We don't need multiple people in the team. It's just bullshit. I mean, you just sit one programmer opening CLJ with, uh, you know, the JLine tool that uh, Bruce has built and then fig wheel and you're done. That's it. Like, well, why the fuck do you need like 17 people typing into REPL anyway? It doesn't make any sense. You don't. You don't need like, it. You don't. You don't need anything, DJ. <laughs> I told you. Obviously, you know. I'm a dreamer. But yeah. anyway, I should do it myself. I should yeah, shut yeah. up and just do it myself. All right. Listen. So when, <laughs> exactly. when is this uh, read line coming out then, Bruce? What's what's the plan for that? Because yes. uh, you know you're teasing us all with this video. So when are you going to put it out there? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Scoop for Deafen, you know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please give it to yeah, us. You know, I, I, yes, 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 yes. Uh, I am in the process of moving it from a exploration into something that people can use. And you know, you know how I don't know, like you know how that is. It's there's there's a point where there's a you know the edge of your feature. You you cut down. You, you try to cut your feature list, mm. and you're like boom. But unfortunately, you know, like the re- like rounding all those off, the surface area, you know, is always a little bigger than you expect. As you're like cleaning it up and rounding it out, you're like, ah, oh, the surface area is a bit bigger than I expected. So I would like to have something people people can give me feedback on, mm-hmm. not something that's going to mm-hmm. work, but something that people can give me feedback on in a couple weeks. Okay, couple. You know, that's, I'd really, I'd really like to do that because, you know, it might not work. Like it works in iTerm, mm. you know, it works great. Like, 
you know, once it gets out in the world, if it doesn't, if it just falls flat on its face, you know, I, it'd be nice to know earlier. Well, on. If you're looking for some beta uh, testers, <laughs> let me know. You know. Okay. All right. Okay. So I think we are oh almost one hour forty minutes now. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's. I think there are still people who are still watching us. Um, that's pretty nice. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I think uh, we covered most of the questions that we got, except for only one question. That's like, you know, what do you think about JavaScript itself you know, compared to oh. other things? Closure script. I, uh, you know, oof. I, I worked in JavaScript for a long time, and. And this is before, this is a much earlier time, a different age. <laughs> and I enjoyed the experience because it was dynamic and you, you got feedback pretty quickly, mm. uh, comparatively quickly, really. Like this is before you compiled your JavaScript. This yeah. is, you just reload, you reload the browser and you see the new behavior and, and uh, it was guaranteed that you would see new behavior. You know, like there was no... <laughs> complexity between yeah. <laughs> that so good old days uh, Java, i think yeah i think but the, you know the, I, it's just too easy to say you know javascript has problems and blah 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 blah. um i was really fascinated to hear that python outstripped javascript in terms of popularity i don't know what numbers backed that mm. up I, I you know it didn't make any sense to me but that was that was a weird yeah. um but yeah, the, the JavaScript language is it's fine, you know. I you know, if I had to use it, I would use it and not complain that not complain that much, yeah, yeah. you know. I would complain about the tooling yeah. all day. But the language, you know, it's yeah. it's you know. But and, I think it's, you know, it's if I had a choice of cho if I if I would choose CoffeeScript, you know, I would definitely I would I would want to blunt the edge a little bit. Yeah. But the new like new JavaScript is the syntax is, is is nice. They've got nice features, but there's still lots of little things waiting mm. there for you. Mm. Uh, you know, so yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, so uh, I think we covered most of the questions that people asked. And if uh, the people who have joined on the live stream, uh, if you have any questions, then this is uh, you have like three seconds to type <laughs> the questions. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, we're gonna uh, close the show for now. Um, and thanks a lot for joining. And Bruce, uh, for, again, you know, FigWheel is one of the greatest tools available right now. And, and uh, we are so thankful for making this tool and then releasing it for free. I don't know how you're getting paid by all this stuff, but, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, giving it away for free is, is, is oh, amazing. Oh, wait, you know what? I have to announce something else. Yes, please. Well, actually, uh, I, I do get paid every day. <laughs> um, yeah. And... And uh, I, the closures. You guys heard of closures together? Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. They. I got. I got. Ah, awesome. So to work. On, awesome. To work on Fig Wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So it's like, uh, fifty-four hundred dollars. Perfect. And yeah, yeah. It's so it is. It is some yeah. money. And I hope I got that number right. You know. <laughs> so just fifty-four dollars. <laughs> you know. <laughs> extra zero. That, that was yeah, actually cents. <laughs> That was just well, that's great. Fifty-four dollars that pays for like thirty hours of my time. So that's great. No kidding. Don't please don't take that. Seriously. No, 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 no. Uh, um, so yeah, so I got that, and I'm super psyched about that. I think Daniel Compton's done a great yeah. job with yes, that. Yes, yes. You know? 
and yeah so that's fantastic i mean uh, of course yeah. i mean uh, th this so is something that, that we want to uh, tell other people as well as much as possible daniel was there on the show as well talking about closures together um because this is this is one of the things that that community needs right at the end of the day i mean mm. people need to pay people need to work on things and you can't just keep shitting out code without you know uh, getting food <laughs> Wow, that that's a nice metaphor. Okay. How did you know where my code <laughs> exactly? Comes from? <laughs> <laughs> that was, but that was just a private. Some people have having time. Yeah. Other people have other times. You know? <laughs> other times too. <laughs> no, but all all the joking aside, I mean things like uh, closures together. I mean they 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 help you know sustaining the community for for longer amount of time, because um, you know people need to pay the bills and they need to work on these tools and and these tools are not. You know, they're extremely high quality things like FigWheel, things like DevCards, and even the the ASCII thing that you're building right now with RLRAP. This is just mind blowing stuff, and I can imagine the amount of time that you're putting mm -hmm. to to make these things, uh, uh, you know, shine like this. So we're very very grateful for that. Yeah. And uh, of course, oh, just being you. grateful is not enough to pay the bills. So uh, yes. <laughs> this is why people people need to yeah. you know uh, contribute to things like closures together. So people who are listening to this this thing. If you're using any of these tools, go to Closures Together, you know, join yeah. as a member, um, ask your company to join as a member if you're using Closure. That'll be amazing. Um, anyway, so uh, Bruce. And, 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 I, and I think that is true. And direct contributions work as well. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, like on my way, just, just, you know, as well. So yeah. it really does. It, it helps direct contributions and I, you know, and you think like, oh, why would he need to ask for that? Mm -hmm. it, what it helps, it helps me monetarily, and it helps me know that people actually care exactly about the tools. Yes. You know, like instead of just through, yeah. through word of mouth. Like, like oh, you know. It, so, I there's not a lot. I don't get a lot in there, but when I do, it makes me feel good. Yeah. Uh, it makes me feel like people appreciate it. Yeah, and and um. Yeah, so it's another way, but do not take money away from closures together to 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 give to me. I would say that that is I, I want closures together to to succeed and be uh, well supported, yep. and you know, every now and then think of me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> I hate to end on asking for money because this is this is not where I wanted to go. No, 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 no. I mean, it's not it's where not, I wanted to go. Not, I wouldn't see that like that. I mean, it, this is this is the. People, people cannot shy away from this stuff, right? I mean, people can keep taking things for free. I mean, it's not a problem. You know, free free is not free as in, you know, it's about the freedom that, that people are getting. You know, they can fix the code, they can look at the code, yeah, they can do whatever exactly. they want. You know, yeah. it's not, uh, I don't think, you know, asking for, it's not asking for money, it's, it's people showing appreciation, people showing their support. So that is something, um, you know, uh, that that we appreciate a lot as well, and and uh, when we opened Patreon, we we're like, oh my god, you know, people are actually giving us dollars. I'm like, okay, this is this is too much. You know? <laughs> this is too much. I mean, this is just random shit that we are speaking out <laughs> into the microphones, and <laughs> people are putting their hard-earned money. So anyway, um, but yeah, closures yeah, yeah. together is something that uh, I think uh, should should become a bigger organization and helping much more libraries to for long-term sustainability of the language. I agree with you completely on that one. Okay, so um, okay, Zach says, Bruce, you rock. And, and Zach Oaks, he says, I rock. And he also said that we should uh, make tote bags <laughs> with the Figwheel logo on them. 
yeah. and sell them. So <laughs> merchandise, Bruce. That's what it's all about. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna take a pass on that one. You know, I should have I should have started merchandising a long time ago. I don't know what I was thinking, <laughs> but because uh, you know, I mean, today you just. Put your junk on Amazon fulfillment and let it let, let it fly. So that sounds um, rude Yeah, I'm so bad. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, this I wanna end on I'm begging for money and I'm putting my junk out on the internet. Oh. <laughs> Gosh. I wanted to end on a positive note, and it's we're all obviously too tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, Come good, on, good. I mean, Bruce. I mean, did did you hear? Did you hear any? Did you listen to any of the episodes from Defan before? <laughs> <laughs> you know this is bullshit. So you know you you, you know how how things end in Defan anyway. So. It, you should have known before you're coming, you know, before you come onto the show, you're like, this is going to be a disaster. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is going to be horrible. No, it's great. I, I, in fact, in fact, I really enjoyed every minute of it. It was, it was, uh, this is fun. This guys. Is, thanks. Thanks for asking me. Th on. Thanks a lot for joining and thanks a lot for all, all the work. And, and uh, for the people who are watching, thanks a lot uh, for uh, bearing with us uh, during our technical difficulties and everything. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, I think we'll we'll try to continue doing this live streaming thing a bit, and then see how it works. It um, seems to have worked a lot better this week. I mean, we've got more people yes. chatting. I think you know, if people do yeah. put put um, put out uh, put type into live chat, that's the words. The words have to come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people type in the live chat and get a bit of an interaction going, then it's really lovely, you know, and it's been really good. Thank you yes. guys for who's been on the live stream. I really appreciate it. And um, all the people yep. on Twitter and these other people and Slack, all the questions that have came in for you, Bruce, you know, it, it's easy when you're here because everyone's loving you. So, you know, we, we, we like bask in the reflected glory of the Howman. So <laughs> that's oh good God. for us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God! We're trying to end on a good note. Bro. Well, okay, uh, so. let's do it again sometime for sure. You know, let's do it again sometime and and uh, exactly. Yeah, I'd love to talk yeah, to you guys again. Perfect. You know, next year yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, that'd be great. Definitely. Well, you're always producing stuff. You know, never uh, never ending font of new code, so it'll be great. So goodbye, everyone, and then uh, I think you can listen to this on uh, podcast pretty soon. Thank you. Stop the recorder. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs>